We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in this Wednesday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio. We will uh, talk to Chris Lee, VandySports.com, Southeast 14, coming up on the show uh, in the second segment here in 20 minutes or so. We will... Uh, you know, break down the Commodores and all the ways that you can break down Vanderbilt and Ole Miss prior to 3 o'clock in Nashville Saturday for uh, Ole Miss's next game. Start uh, maybe halfway done. Sixth game of the season on Saturday for, yes, the, for the Rebels. Um, it does go kind of quickly once it gets going. It's uh, it is a it is a is a brisk season at that point. Six brutal be six brutal Sundays down. Six brutal Sundays to go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sundays just turned into an absolute. Frankly, a shit show. I would, that was the word I had, and I was trying to decide whether to say or not. That was the word an, that was an on absolute my shit show of a day. That's yeah. what Sunday has become. That was where I was on my tongue. So Sunday used to be, as recently as last year, one of my favorite days of the fall. No longer, and it has fast become a day that it's it's probably a good thing I'm not armed. Okay. Oh, that's a little extreme. It feels a little, extreme. but it's been an incredibly frustrating fall on Sundays. It has. The Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford giving away official Ole Miss game day football jerseys this fall. One for every home game. So seven over the course of the fall to sign up. You just have to go into the blue sky here in Oxford. You make a purchase. You can sign up. Maybe you win the drawing. Maybe you win an official jersey. As many purchases as you make, that's how many chances you can have to enter the contest and win an official Ole Miss jersey. Today's lunch special is, I think, red beans and rice. I can look at it, but I'm pretty sure that's right. It's a little chilly outside too today. It's uh, it's it's yeah. it Laura in the made, 40s this morning. Laura made red beans and rice. Carson loves red beans and rice. It was his birthday. That's what he wanted for his birthday dinner. Yeah, we got back from Tupelo at 9:30 last night. It is probably the best red beans and rice I've ever had. Really, it's amazing. What's the so, what's the secret? I she I don't know. She did it. I didn't do it. I didn't do one thing. I like red beans and rice. It is my. And I say least favorite being something I like, but it is my least favorite out of etouffee, jambalaya, gumbo, like your 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 Cajun staples. Gumbo is my least favorite. Okay. It's not even close. Is it is because of any certain ingredient or just simply? I don't like a lot of the mushy okra. 
Don't put okra in. I, I'm just saying. Well, yeah. I'm, if I if I cook it, I don't. Sure. But when a lot of other people do, they put a lot of okra in it, and yeah, I just not my jambalaya favorite. is my favorite. But yeah, I like jambalaya a lot. I like etouffee. I love red beans and rice. I mean, I like gumbo. It's too. a little bit kind of like Mexican food, that, like at least the American version, where it's all sort of the same thing, Except just thrown together in a different way. No, but I mean, like yeah. it's all rice and meat and broth yeah. and and whatever. Like it's I all. Think, I think the difference with Mexican food is that once you've had good Mexican food, all of the like standard Tex-Mex places that are all over the place, mm-hmm. you realize that they are all exactly the same. Well, that's fair. You don't have bad Mexican very often. But you have very mediocre Mexican pretty often. Yeah. Really often. <laughs> like <laughs> almost always. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to call out anybody individually, but like in Oxford, you can go to Taco Shop and it's really, really good. It is. And then you go to the other places and it's like I don't know. You know exactly you know exactly what it is that you're getting. It's chilies. It's the Mexican it's version Mexican of chilies. Chili. Mexican chilies. Mexican chilies. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it is. We're, we're getting a little hint of whatever. I guess it is kind of like the the gumbo jambalaya season, that that kind of thing. We're getting there. It was cool last night walking. It wasn't cold, but it was cool. It was nice. Jambalaya is a, a football season staple. That's a, that's yeah, a pretty com- sure. common thing. I did Sunday. jambalaya last weekend and did uh, smoked chicken wings. Uh huh. And for whatever reason, that combination hit the spot. We got to talk about the smoked chicken wings one day. Might do that on Thursday night because got got, got some errors in that. Got to got, got to clean that up a little bit. So uh, we need to we need to discuss that. It's about the heat of the grill. Is that the? It's a lot of it. Okay. Because so. you have you have the indirect. Yeah, sure. The you plate. Have, you have a big green egg, so yeah. you use a plate setter. Yeah. So you get your thing going. You put that on. Put the grate on, and then leave it alone for like, no joke, forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. Let let it settle. Like I I didn't cook until turning it into an oven. I didn't cook until five o'clock mm-hmm. on Friday, but I turned the grill on like at two thirty. I lit the grill at two thirty. I just let it and let the grates get really hot, but the temperatures settle down. And then when I put the chicken on, I didn't leave it on super long. Yeah. And then also it's the size of the wing. Mm-hmm. You want to get the bigger wings. Yeah. Those little wings get shriveled quick. Yeah. Okay, so uh, that's what she said. Yeah, Highway Six West in Oxford lunch specials, red beans and rye, all those different things, and then uh, we're coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, six six two two five seven nineteen hundred. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within fifteen minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line. No hassle. No haggle. You get your quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a uh, Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Guests join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Chris Lee of andysports.com will join in about 15 minutes. We'll talk to him about all sorts of stuff. Uh, ben Mintz later in the week. Uh, Jeffrey Wright later in the week. All of that on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters on the Square in Oxford. Great, great place to grab a uh, burger, a po' boy, an appetizer a beer, a drink, whatever the case may be. And um, also Raptors in New Albany. Don't forget Dead Soxie's excited to announce an incredible fall score score sale. Uh, the conclusion of Saturday's game, however many points 
Uh, Ole Miss scores against uh, the Commodores. Dead Soxie will match that number as a percentage discount. If the Rebels post 38 on Vandy, the promo code will activate for 38%. 52 points, no problem, 52% off. The promo cap's at 60%. Ole Miss isn't getting to 60s, immaterial. Score, How do you know? Because I know. The score sale will run from the conclusion of the game until midnight on Monday, October the 10th. Load up on your favorite socks and score this incredible Offer from DeadSoxy.com. Use the promo code REBELGROVE at checkout and receive the score sale percent off all orders. I have made chili on the big green egg, but I've never done it with the big meatball. I haven't seen this. What, what do you do? Is a, you put a big meatball on a rack on top of the pot where your chili is, and it sort of drips into it. I've seen people do that. I've not done it. Oh, I think you're right, actually. I think it is Meatloaf Day at the Oxford Exxon. I apologize. Yeah, tomorrow is red beans and rice. Today is meatloaf. That is okay. correct. So okay. we had a long discussion about something that could have been tomorrow, but that's okay. Yeah, I haven't seen the meatball method. I don't know. I've watched it. That's true. Kiffin could run it up, get to 60 as a thank you to the fans, and go, you know what? He could. Good. It's so in the event that he gets to 60. Here's your socks. If he gets to 63, it's capped at 60. And if 60% off isn't enough for you, well, then you probably just are difficult to Watch satisfy. Watch him win 10-7 on Saturday. It's happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither one of us were around for when they beat Memphis 3 to nothing. That probably should have been a sign for the season. Yeah, it's probably uh, a good thing I wasn't in a game like that. I probably would have wanted to hurt myself. <laughs> Unless the clock was going fast. That was one of the things I really appreciated about Ole Miss-Kentucky. Maybe the reason I kind of have a soft spot for Kentucky is that clock goes quick. Style of play, clock was rolling. Kentucky is in no hurry. Well, frankly, it's one of the reasons why they had the the, the penalty is that they're not used to going quickly. Yeah. They were they were they were scattered. They, they that's not something they do. Yeah, they didn't. They don't do tempo, and all of a sudden they did tempo right there. Yeah, and penalty. But I was very appreciative of a lot of first down runs. Eat 30 seconds. Vanderbilt and Auburn's 3-2 game was in 2008. Is that right? I don't know. Beats me. I think that's right. I don't. I was at a game that night for Ole Miss, but I don't remember who it was when that spectacle was going on of, I guess, Auburn 3, State 2. Oof. <laughs> Gross. I mean, it, it more speaks to Auburn because it's like, how did you score three against the team that Ole Miss beat 45 to nothing that year? Because they were awful. That quarterback play for – I know transitive, transitive properties. properties but bad. Still. Transitive properties, bad, bad, I, bad. It feels worse. It's more and more difficult. Mm-hmm. If you use it as a method, you will get not burned, but like dropped into the big green egg. You will, yes. If you if you if you base your entire analysis on well, so and so beat so and so. Good luck. Okay, you are losing. Yeah, have it that. Um, announced yesterday they had put the final version of the Ole Miss baseball schedule up yesterday. Uh, they had screwed up the the computer program that does this the first time because you can't go a certain number of years without playing everybody, and maybe it's even two. Maybe you have to play everybody every other year or something. But Tennessee and Arkansas had to play in 2022 uh, per rules, and they did not have that series on the schedule. So they had to go back and redo the whole schedule. And 
I guess they threw them all back in a hat because Ole Miss's new schedule is completely different than the the previous one. Nothing is the same at all. Um, they have an absolute gauntlet the first six weekends of conference play. They open at Vanderbilt, Florida at home, at Texas A&M, Arkansas at home, at Mississippi State, and then what should be a pretty crowded double-decker weekend, LSU and Oxford for uh, for that one. Ooh. And then uh, it's kind of one of those get-out-of-town, let-them-have-it sort of deals, isn't it? That's it. <laughs> I mean, not that I ever go to town anyway, but if I did, I wouldn't go past Thursday at 10 a.m. Let that be that. And then it softens up a little bit, Ole Miss, uh, finishing the last four weekends with Georgia at home, at Missouri, Auburn at home, and then at Alabama to uh, to close. So no Tennessee, no South Carolina, no Kentucky for the, the Rebels. So a mixed bag there. You can avoid. And then LSU, I saw, had a really tough opening three weekends. They are... At A and M, Arkansas at Tennessee to open for the the Tigers who are trying to buy a national championship right now in, sure. in baseball. Sure, as you very well could. As you, you should. should. Yes, that's that's the way it works. That's the rule now. I you, mean, you, you you get what you can get. You go to the market. I harbor no ill will. Uh, State's got some kid that's throwing with both hands this year. He was like up at to ninety five. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That'd be interesting. He was like up to ninety five from the right and like low nineties from the left. Wow! In the inner squad over the weekend. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, can I saw he, Kendall talking about. Can it. he switch know. during the game? How does that work? You can't switch to a batter, right? I don't know. Or do you have to declare? Because you know we've seen this before. Remember when you had this in minor leagues and you was it was an ambidextrous pitcher against a switch hitter. And they both were fighting back and forth on, and like finally, there, there's a rule on like which side had to declare, and then the other one got to base off of it. And I don't remember which way it went, but yeah, there was this. I think it was in the minor leagues. You had an ambidextrous pitcher and a switch hitter, and they kept. That's fantastic. You like that? Yeah, I would have. I would have been interested <laughs> in that. Nobody was giving in, and then uh, again, whatever the rule is, the rule is. I bet the home plate umpire was getting pissed off. Hey, one of it, it, a it's a minor league game, guys. Yeah. Hey, somebody get in here, and this is not going to dictate your. I, I'm uh, not getting paid by the hour here. Let's go. <laughs> Trying to find it real quick. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um. <sighs> You also don't get warm up pitches if you change arms at some point during the inning. I think there's some like some which I, that makes sense. Okay. You don't get to warm up the other arm. Yeah, there's a YouTube video, and I don't like I don't want to put the volume on or anything, but it says a switch hit pitcher faced a switch hitter and chaos ensued. It is a uh. seven minute video. <laughs> um, Pat Vendetti, an ambidextrous pitcher, faced off against a switch hitter, and no one knew what to do. The result was a six-minute standoff, and each player attempted to get the upper hand. This led to the MLB to immediately amend the rule book, guaranteeing to keep play moving the next time this comes up. And as a result, baseball is the quickest sport. Blah 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 blah. blah. So yeah, there's a whole thing about they had to have a rule. Who had to declare? Do you know? Pitcher? I'm guessing. I don't know. Don't know. So anyway, there's a there's that. Did you learn a lot yesterday, football practice? Um, Ole Miss, perfectly fine with people knowing that Nick Broker snapped the football yesterday or over yeah. the course of the week. 
which is interesting in and of itself. That they released pitchers. It happened during an open part of practice as well. They had that is at least something they are willing for Vanderbilt to be okay with on Saturday. Do you think it's legitimate? I mean, Lane said they were going to try something. He said my name had something that worked. He pointed that out. We didn't. Yeah, so maybe he didn't have to say that. Maybe Nick's going to move to center. They've got people who can play guard. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you could put. Especially right now with them using two you freshman could put tackles. Eli at right guard, probably put Jeremy at left guard. And then the rest play of Williams it, and Pettis. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Look, the whole deal, what they were doing with Acker wasn't going to work. I mean, I asked Lane about it on Monday, and he said that Caleb Warren was emergency only and that they, they deemed that to be an emergency. It the, was at the moment. By the end of the second quarter, it was becoming an emergency. So he played. I mean, that was it's a pretty telling answer on the part of Lane Kiffin. And then he said they thought they had something that fixed it, mm. maybe. So maybe that's it. I mean, that's not going to change the way Vanderbilt prepare. <laughs> Vanderbilt's not looking at Ole Miss going, who's the center? Oh, well, Nick's playing center. Oh, oh that changes hell. everything. No, that's I mean, a good point. Yeah, I mean <laughs> – if Nick were playing quarterback, they might prepare differently. But but if Nick's playing center, probably doesn't really change. It's not changing scheme. No, you're probably not changing the way that you stunt on the defensive line based on that type of personnel. So I don't know. That's not a that's not something to keep state secret. And maybe if we followed up and said what was it, he might have told us. I am. By the way, I am really. We're jumping all over the place. I'm really frustrated that the Braves finally sack bunted. I wanted them to go the entire season without sacrifice bunting, and yeah. they did it in game 161. Yeah. And note, they did not score. Oh, because you're giving an out away. At that point, just go the whole year. Come on. So where they won last night. They did, 2-1. It was actually, a little shaky. I actually but. listened to the end of that broadcast on the way back from Tupelo. I got the Marlins broadcast on Sirius XM. They were very complimentary of the Braves. Yeah, the Twitter was overtaken by Braves fans going at the – the radio guy in New York that had said the East was over back in like March or oh. May or whatever. Um, Fans being petty about predictions. Imagine that. I'm just shocking. Yeah, it was including a couple of Braves players. Really? Got in on it. Oh, yeah. Matt's got in on it. Oh, it was, okay. Yeah. He, look, he's a talking head. He knew what he was doing. He's getting ready. He's like, he went on out. He went on Atlanta radio shows yesterday. I mean, did the full. All the publicity full is good publicity. In that instance, yes, absolutely. Sure, you 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 call in and you wear it and you listened. You heard me. That's that was the goal. Yeah, the goal of the radio. St- it's not like TV, which we're going to. It's do not like being a columnist. Yeah, be mad at me, love me, just read it. I don't like yeah. elicit any reaction is good. Every year, Alabama people will send me a column that I wrote in two thousand seven, and my response is always: fifteen years later, it's still on your mind. It worked. You're still mad. You're still upset about a column that I wrote 15 years ago? That's a sign that it worked. It was a good column. Well, a lot of them are mad at you for doing the, hey, you've got to change the way you do things, and they did. But they, they keep they, getting mad about they, it, which is they a did weird. precisely in the column what I said they should do in the column. Yeah, that's the the strange part I of said that. Saban's not going to take your job unless you hand him your program. They did. And they ultimately did. It is Nick Saban's program. Absolutely. 
15 years later. He doesn't ask for things. 15 years later, I was right. He tells things. There's probably very few times he goes into the administration not knowing the answer to what he's about to say. No, the answer is yes. Let me figure it out, but yes. Might take a minute. Might have to call somebody. Yeah. But yes. We'll, we'll get it. He doesn't sir. get told no very much, probably. No. Yes, sir. That might take a second. Or yes, sir. That'll be done within, within moments here. Yeah. Podcast brought to you in part by Prime Shrimp. Six different flavors directly to your door. They'll ship them to you, throw them in the freezer. Then when you're ready to eat, less than 10 minutes to freezer to plate restaurant quality shrimp right there, including their uh, their newest offering, the lemon crack pepper, their spicy option, Louisiana shrimp bowl, their full meals in a bag, the French quarter Alfredo, the garlic herb butter, or the signature blend, which is their most versatile option. Great with everything there with Prime Shrimp. And use code MPW for $20 off. Your first order, again, that's promshrimp.com slash MPW. I've had people asking when some of the player shows will be up. Um, I taped with Davison Igbenosin and Troy Brown yesterday. We try to tape on Sunday, prefer to tape on Sunday. We didn't get taped until yesterday afternoon. So hopefully sometime today they're in the production process. My producer is sick, so uh, we're it's, it's a scramble. But the College Corner sponsors the Davis and Igbo Ocean Show. It's your one-stop Rebel Shop, two locations in the Jackson area. In Ridgeland, it's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, just go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on uh, Facebook and Instagram. They have the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. Uh, we're also brought to you by The Rogue, 4450 I-55 North in Jackson, or therogue.com, your destination for fine men's clothing. The Troy Brown Show brought to you by uh, Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you uh, live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662 662- 429-4429. We're also brought to you by Walk-On's Sports Bistro. Walk-On's puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with a taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made from, Louisiana, made from scratch Louisiana cuisine like po' boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap, Visit them today in Oxford or Ridgeland. Our friends at Blue Delta Jeans are excited to announce they'll be hosting Mustache the Band next Friday, October the 14th, for the Square Jams after party. Come out and uh, watch the Rebels basketball team on Friday night on the Square and then head over to the Lyric and join the folks from Blue Delta with the world's most powerful 90s country party band. Ticket packages are on sale now. Some tickets include jeans, some don't, but all include admission to the concert and an open bar. To book, just DM Blue Delta on their socials or visit bluedeltajeans.com slash afterparty, and they'll see you there. A-Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A-Stock Auctions start at just $1. That's right, every item starts at just $1. Shop now at astock.bid or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. A-Stock Auctions has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups. So don't miss out. Want it, bid it, win it. Now I work from our sponsor, BetterHelp. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. But when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. 
Therapists can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. So give therapy a try. Maybe you uh, have been talking to friends, family, but they've got preconceived notions. They have their own emotional involvement into whatever's going on with you. Therapist is a clean slate. Allows you to take it from step one and have someone to just listen and help you throughout the process. You'll feel more like yourself. You'll feel less stressed, more confident to getting toward the end of that problem. So if you're giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. You can get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any point. You can turn your video on or off, make it whatever you need it to be. So to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. BetterHelp.com slash MPW today to get 10% off for your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash MPW. Now we're going to go to Chris Lee of VandySports.com and talk some Ole Miss Vanderbilt and plenty of other SEC topics here coming up on the podcast and the Raptors Music and Food Hotline. Good morning, Christopher. How are you? You are live, yeah, by the way, morning, Chris. Neil. You're, you're, you're live on the show, so don't. if you're going to say something crazy <laughs> like you normally do, uh, this would not be the time. <laughs> you know me. You always answer in the stream of profanities, and some of the things you say are just outrageous. <laughs> and I'm always like, thank God that wasn't live. So I'm glad we said I know. Th- thank God my kids are in school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I for- we forget to tell people some of that sometimes, and there are guys who you go, oh, God, oh, God, what is about to come out right now? Oh, God. And then you're like, all right, fine, good enough. So, <sighs> What's it like to stare at Clark Lee every day? I mean, that is one hell of a handsome man, isn't he? I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you sort of balance that with trying to do your job objectively? You know, you, you try, you try, but we're all human. Um, you get caught up in the moment and what you're looking at, and, and it can be very difficult. But, um, you know, I've, I've done this 20 years now, so you, you, you live and learn a little bit. Easily the most handsome man you've ever covered? Easily. Yeah. He's, he's a stunningly good-looking guy. I mean, I just... He is. Yeah. I've, I've covered a few guys without hair before. <laughs> <laughs> he's no Kevin Stallings, but he's a good-looking guy. Oh, God. <laughs> but, but who is? <laughs> oh, in a lot of ways. Um, what's it been like, Chris? And I don't mean it, – it just kind of is what it is. I mean, you're seeing some growth in a program to cover and be around a program that seems to be elevating to some extent. I mean, you were – you were caught, I and mean, we made a lot of jokes about it on the podcast, but in all seriousness, you were kind of caught in the dog days for years under the end of the Derek Mason era and everything going on where there was just no getting better. This team, this program is getting better. There's more SEC-type players around. I mean, is it, if nothing else, a little more interesting and invigorating just to be around that a little bit and have some storylines? You know, to back out a step further, Chase, I have covered just in the last five years. I've got a podcast we do two or three days a week and i call it sometimes i jokingly call it the the baseball and disasters podcast because <laughs> in that time i've covered a national title in baseball a national runner-up finish i've covered the longest losing streak in the history of sec basketball and conference games oh god i forgot and i'm that. covering a, a 22 game losing streak in football that that you know best case scenario they might snap before it gets to 25 um but, yeah, I mean, it, it's been you, – you're just looking for a liver, little sliver of daylight. And I think – look, Hawaii is awful. Hawaii is a bottom five in the FBS team. But going on the road, 
couple thousand miles away in a, in an atmosphere. It wasn't big, but they, you know, Timmy Chang is the coach. Everybody's geek for the game to go and win that by 53. I know it's not a win that moves the needle most places, but this is a team that's lost to some bad football teams recently. So to win, that was a good start. I know the Elon game wasn't the prettiest, but they did lose a game to an FBS team a year ago. Um, to beat Northern Illinois on the road down two touchdowns in the second half um, was was a big win. You know, defending MAC champions again not not a thing that moves the needle most places, but when you're covering what I've covered, just a little bit of excitement and and a little bit of something to let people think better days are ahead goes a long way at Vanderbilt, and I think. The quarterback change has probably done that, too. We can get into A.J. Swan a little bit, if you like. But he's a kid who is a true freshman, has thrown six touchdowns and no interceptions. Um, That's got people a little bit excited. Look, they are still overmatched against just about everybody in the league. But there are slow signs of progress. And I say this often. Anytime a new coach comes into Vanderbilt, you know, 99 times out of 100, he's in a rebuild. The one that Clark Lee took over was worse than the the normal rebuild at Vanderbilt. And so I I think that that makes what he has done pop out a little bit more. What? How bad was it at the end of Derek Mason? We covered the end of Houston Nut when it was bad. Like, how bad was how bad was Derek Mason? Like behind the scenes, culture, all that stuff. How bad was it? Well, I think the background is that Vanderbilt is a place that hasn't committed to football in in over 60 years, and it is starting to change. In fact, it's been hostile to football. I think the new chancellor, I say new, he's been there two years now, is really helping them behind the scenes. They've got to be careful on how they do it. Um, but because you start getting open about supporting football, you can put a target on your back on that campus pretty quickly. But... They had an interim chancellor in Susan Wente at the end of Mason's tenure who did not like sports. Uh, the, the stories I was hearing from people close to the team uh, were just awful in terms of morale. And, um, you know, it, most places, a, a former media relations director at Vanderbilt said this to me once. He said, you know, at, at every other SEC school, sports are the tail that wags the dog, you know, here it's sort of, and I can't remember his exact words. It's, it's like a liability. And I think it was easy to accuse players on the team of, you know, academic offenses that were flimsy, all all kinds of stuff that I won't get into. Um, There was so much going on that year. Of course it was the COVID year. They didn't get the benefit of getting any layup wins out of conference, which by that point, uh, you know, look, you can't beat UNLV the year before. I don't know that there was a layup win for them. But they go oh for the conference schedule. They didn't even play the Georgia game. Um, and, and, yes, some of that was COVID, but a lot of it was kids had gotten so disheartened. Uh, the Sarah Fuller thing was the straw that broke the camel's back. You had six or seven team leaders that just walked out. Um when they said she's our kicker, um, and they had better options. It was bad. Um, Clark Lee has told a story that he had this speech for when he got a head coaching job that he had in his pocket for a long time. Um, And excuse me if you can hear my dog in the background. Um, 
and, and he was all fired up to give this speech. He comes into Vanderbilt in December whenever he gets the job. He calls a team meeting, and he said the body language was awful. Kids weren't looking at him. They were slumped in their seats. They were on their phones. He decided in the middle of that just to scrap the speech. It wasn't going to do any good. That's how bad it got. Now, I think he has done a lot to improve the culture of the discipline, the buy-in. We will see what a 55-3 to loss at Alabama two weeks ago does to morale. But I think he's done a really good job in fixing the part that he can fix. What is the SEC record for most SEC losses in a row? And then can they get Missouri in a few weeks? Um, I don't know. I need to look that up. I have a feeling it will be soon. I, th- I think it's in the 20s. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I thought Missouri is the game that I've circled for a while that I thought they had a shot at. I mean, they were in that game in Nashville a year ago at, at the five-minute mark. Um, I don't know what to make of Missouri. I know the near miss at Auburn, I mean, if they just don't extend the ball, they get a road win. And then the thing against Georgia, which I think shocked everybody last week. Sure. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it changes again. I think you don't feel as good about them maybe getting one there as you did a week or two ago. But to me, that and South Carolina, which, again, they, they led Carolina under a minute to play in Columbia a year ago. But Carolina has also beaten them, I think, every year since 08. Oh wow! So th- those would be the, those would be the two that seem the most likely to me. I'm pulling up uh, longest losing streaks for SEC. Alabama's four. Arkansas lost 17 in a row from 12 through 14. Auburn's lost 10 in a row once. G- Florida six. Georgia four. Kentucky 17. LSU 10. Mississippi State 10. Missouri 11. Ole Miss 16. South Carolina 18. Tennessee 11. Texas A&M four. Vanderbilt lost 23 in a row from 2000 through 2003. So yeah. unless Sawani did something, then that would be the record. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or Georgia Tech, but sure. I don't think that happened. Georgia's so. never lost more than four in a row? Wow. Is that right? That's what it says. Um, okay. The source here is uh, Saturday down south. They had, the bi- they had the bye week, so I guess that potentially helps. But, you know, some of that thing leading into the, Van- the Missouri week is they also, I mean, hell, it's Alabama, Ole Miss, Georgia, back to back to back before Missouri. you got to survive a little too. Um, yeah, and, and that was the thing that I, I worried about for them before the season is just the, the last time they played Alabama, that was the, the famous game where they were – I don't know, 3-0 and or whatever. And and is actually the line on that was only 20 um, at the time, I think. Oh. And they were home, and it was a televised game. And then Alabama just came in and just I, – I think they were leading – I think Vanderbilt was leading the country in scoring defense and gave up, I don't know, 60-whatever to Alabama that year. And I think in the same – I think that was the same year after leading the country in scoring defense through three games – uh, I believe they set the SEC record for points allowed in the season. Um, so that's one of those that you – once you've covered one of those and, and see how badly that can kill a team's confidence, that that's your concern. And I, I don't know if the bye week was good for them or, or bad for them. I don't know if you just want to get out and play and not think about it again. But that, that is my concern for them is just does that game combine with the two coming up, uh, do they have enough confidence left – to be in position to get one somewhere. You know, you mentioned 
the administration being such a, such a hindrance. And, and, you know, James Franklin, he wins the nine games in back-to-back years, despite not signing a top 100 player per rivals uh, d- during during his tenure. Um, what's the path? I mean, like, ha- I guess in some ways, how did he do that? And w- is that a similar thing to what Clark Lee is trying to implement? I mean, what is what is even sort of the plan in place to get to the point where you're in bowl games more often than not or whatever that looks like? Because I, I, I get that Franklin was an anomaly in some way, but at the end of the day, he did do it, and he did it in back-to-back seasons and put some stuff together despite all those things you're talking about where, I mean, it's unlike any other SEC school where you have to justify spending money on football. Yeah, I think with James it was a couple of things. It was – well, there was probably three things. They had a little better talent than anybody suspected at the time. I mean, they had – I don't know. He inherited 10 or 12 kids that would eventually make NFL rosters and play a game, one of whom was Jordan Matthews. Sure. Um, yeah. you know, so I'll, they had a lot – in fact, I remember Robbie Caldwell, who was their offensive line coach, told me, you know, they made a bowl in what was it, 08, and he said, that's big for the program because you can recruit off that. And sure enough, they had what they thought was their best recruiting class – at the time, and, and a lot of those kids, they, they were right on. Their, their evals were really good, and even though they weren't highly decorated recruits, a, a lot of those kids played in the league later. Um, n- number two, I, I think he had almost voodoo-like powers to, to where he got those kids to completely think differently. I remember going to a practice, and they just had puke buckets everywhere. They were doing sprints, and he was running kids till they couldn't stand it anymore. But he built a toughness in that team. That's the first. That that's the only area that I've ever covered them. When I mean, like Vanderbilt for years would get to the fourth quarter against teams, it would be tied. They'd have a lead, and they would blow it in some spectacular fashion. And and some of that was mental. Some of that was just not having the gas to finish games. Like for once, they had eight, nine, ten competent defensive linemen they could rotate in. And that was a big thing. Uh, and the other thing was just some teams were down. Georgia was down. Tennessee was down. Kentucky was awful. That made for some wins. But to me, that's been a little bit overplayed. I think the mental part and the other thing, I mean, that, that, that's so many strikes against you. That's why I thought he was such a tremendous coach, was just to get them past those mental hurdles that nobody's been able to do. I think with Clark, the formula is going to be sort of the same way. It's going to be resetting the mental part of things with expectations, with discipline. Um, You know, one thing that you hear him say a lot at practices and in press conferences is we need to cut out the Vanderbilt beating Vanderbilt part. Uh, They've done a pretty decent job of that so far and I think it'll just be stockpiling kids that are under the radar that that maybe are um, you know mid three-star recruits but play like high four stars that's a lot of what James did Uh, their recruiting class last year I think ranked I don't know 12th in the league or whatever but I I had a friend who was at a coaching convention I guess back in the winter and and they were one of the talks of that convention how good their evals other people thought they were. Um, I think that's the thing. It's just it's overcoming the mental part. It is finding hidden gems because you're not going to beat Georgia and Alabama on five-star kids, and it's hoping they stick around, creating a culture to where 
Uh, kids don't want to leave and hit the transfer portal. If, if he can do that, I, I think that's the only way he's got a shot, but but it's not an easy needle to thread. What's, what's A.J. Swan brought to the offense, and what does Vanderbilt do to, to make this a game into the second half? I'm going to say something that that can get taken out of context, and I don't mean it that way. He no one does that. No, 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 no one does that, that Chris. Never a problem. No, no, no. Nuance galore here, Chris. Go ahead. Sorry. Just let it rip. <laughs> well, he he reminds me so much of Jay Cutler. So he's the next Jay Cutler. I, I've cov- What's that? So he's the next Jay Cutler. Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, <laughs> you, you quote me. But, no, seriously, he is um, – Cutler had that sort of confidence about him when he went in the huddle. I, I see that with A.J. Swan. You know, he's a kid who's been here since the spring, so he enrolled early. He got a chance to get familiar with the team, his teammates. He's one of those kids, and, and Jay's the only one that I've covered at Vanderbilt that can just throw a strike 60 yards in the air. He's got that trait to him. His arm, I think, is probably as good as Jay's is. Now, look, um, Jay was an All-State basketball player, first team. He was an All-State first team shortstop. Um, you know, he could do, like, his highlight film that he sent Vanderbilt was windmill dunks and stuff like that. He was AJ really good. One is not that kind of athlete. Yeah. The Oxford Exxon podcast is also brought to you by Opa. Opa is Oxford's newest restaurant on the square. Euros, wraps, kebabs, redfish, lamb chops, handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, and more. 306 South Lamar, just south of the square courthouse in Oxford. Also brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. Condos, land, commercial, residential, family homes. Whitney can help you. 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. Brought to you by Service Specialist, Staffing and Recruiting Agency, connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're on the job hunt, they can help you regardless of your level of experience or your field, really. And if your company is looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent, Service Specialist can help. Keep in mind that payment of service is solely contingent on if you decide to hire a candidate that they send. You've got nothing to lose. So give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138. Check out their new and improved website, servicespecialistltd.com. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward, chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental's helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smiles. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost Digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment financing available at CorinthDental.com. Pinpoint Commercial Real Estate, based out of Jackson. They service the entire state in all commercial asset classes, such as industrial, retail, office, medical, and land. B.B. Mitchell with Pinpoint provides a plethora of commercial real estate services, but his core focus is sourcing investment properties for his clients. He advises clients looking to acquire income-producing property with all risk tolerance levels, ranging from vacant buildings to investment-grade stabilized assets. Pinpoint sets itself apart with its ability to source off-market opportunities for its investor clients, which maximizes returns. Pinpoint takes great pride in its attention to detail, professionalism, and hard work. For all your commercial real estate needs, call BB 601-934-5008. And we're brought to you by LB's Meat Market, 
2008 University Avenue in Oxford, just across the street from Kroger. But just use Kroger as your landmark. Head over to LB's right across the street. Get the freshest cuts, beef, chicken, pork, uh, fresh seafood every Thursday. They've got uh, house-made sausages, jalapenos, mushrooms, asparagus, you name it. They've got it at LB's. Always fantastic. Make sure you tell Greg and the people there that you heard about them on MPW Digital. Amber brought to you by Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. So much offered at Southern Traditions. Horseback riding offerings from beginner lessons with trainer Susan Walt to buying your first horse and competing at nationally recognized competitions. It's also a great venue for events, reunions, parties, that kind of thing. So get in touch with Ben and Hillary Craddock, Susan Cohn, um, Susan Walt, I should say, Bowers Cone and the people there at Southern Traditions Farm. Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Cutler, um, Cutler was special, man. I mean, everybody gets oh, hung man. up on his personality and stuff. That dude was a dude on the field. You know what I mean? I mean, that guy, he still, yeah. I don't care if he had a Vanderbilt uniform on or a ULM uniform on. That cat on the field, he stood out. Two, two things about him quickly. You know, I thought that the whole playoff thing, when he got criticized um, you know, for not playing, I'm like, man, I covered that kid at Vanderbilt for four years. He got thrown around like a rag doll. 
Um, he missed one game his whole career. So I'm thinking if, if he's not in there playing, it's because he just can't play. I, I thought that whole thing was unfair. Um, the, the other thing was, I mean, that, that kid made it, when he was a starting quarterback in the NFL, 10 or 11 years, we tend to compare guys to the top. Go back and look at how many guys enter the league and make a start or two and start in the NFL, hold down a job that long. There's not a lot of them. Um, so all that to say, there's, there's a lot. For, <laughs> there's a big difference between A.J. Swan, where he is, and where Cutler is. But I see a lot of the same traits, um, including the bad ones. Jay was on a lot of teams where if he didn't make the play, nobody was going to make the play. And you saw a lot of that out of A.J. Swan in camp where he would just try to force balls into windows that weren't there or, or throw into double or triple coverage. He has not done that as much in games. And he told us recently, like, I learned a lot from fall camp that there are throws that I should, just shouldn't be trying. And if you not see me do that in games as much. So I, I don't know, you know, that's easy to say when you're playing, um, you know, who they play, Northern Illinois, when your pass rush isn't what Ole Miss is going to be. Um, I, I think there's probably going to be that four interception game at some point. Uh, but the, the kid has got an awful lot of arm talent and a lot of confidence. And, um, you know, to be starting as a true freshman in the league when you've got two other kids on the roster who've made starts in the league, I, I think is fairly impressive. What are they going to do with Mike Wright? They talked yesterday about having some packages for him. Um, I think they approached him, probably seeing what was coming with Swan in the spring about switching to receiver. I was told Mike didn't want to do that. Um, I I think it'll be probably third and fourth and short packages, maybe two-point plays. I don't know if we'll see those this week, but he's got a decision to make. Because he's not going to be their quarterback unless Seals gets hurt for the future. So to me, it's either does he think he can be a quarterback somewhere else? Um, maybe he can in, in Conference USA or somewhere like that. I don't think he's a Power Five level quarterback. The other thing with him is he's about I don't know. He's he is about the narrowest quarterback I've ever seen in the SEC. Um, I know they've got strength and training programs and training tables. Mike just can't put on weight from what I've seen. So how much pounding can he take across the middle, you know, on slants and stuff like that, I I don't know. But he's either, if he wants to be a quarterback, I don't think it's going to be at Vanderbilt. If he wants to be a receiver, he's a 10, 800-meter guy, and he's got breakaway speed. I think he can help him there. But I think the choice is going to be his in the offseason for where do I think my future is and where do I want to be. Do you ever talk to Jay Cutler anymore? Does he ever come around? No, it's funny. I actually saw him out and about. Uh, I was meeting a friend for lunch two weeks ago. We were in the same place with him for an hour, and, and neither of us noticed. Um, but I, I think Nashville's a place where you just kind of leave people alone. And so I, I left him alone, and I figured if he – he wanted to talk he could see me um but no i haven't i haven't really kept in touch with him since he left vanderbilt what's rap web doing these days chris <laughs> i don't know but it's not uh it's not playing football he's a realtor or something is he yeah yeah yeah. i saw it on twitter still trying to get him on the podcast he still he doesn't have his own podcast cutler does he does it's true you haven't arrived until ralph you feels more podcast. available than jay as far as getting him on the show i feel like 
Um, <laughs> let me let me transition transitions to satisfy my own curiosity, Chris. In this NIL era for baseball, where does that leave Vanderbilt? I mean, obviously they've been the number one program in the country for a really long time. They've recruited whoever they want. They've had this tremendous scholarship advantage, but you see LSU essentially buying a title right now, or at least trying to. Five or six schools have been identified by, I guess, at least Neil and me as the likely powers from an NIL standpoint. What's Vanderbilt's sort of future, and do you see Corbin there in three or four years? Man, that's a great question. I think if there's something that could drive him out of the game, it's the current set of circumstances. Um, now, having said that, Clemson came after him big time in the offseason. And depending on who you talk to, he either thought hard about taking the job, took it for two hours, and then decided he wasn't going to go there or was not serious at all about going there and used it for leverage. That's a, that's a wide range. But I do know that he got some concessions, I think, with transfers. He got some future improvements to the stadium. And that's what you have to do at Vanderbilt. Anytime you've got an opportunity, you have to leverage that. Um, and I think the school knows that if Tim Corbin ever left, um, if you want to anger an entire fan base um, and unite him against you in a hurry, it's lose that guy. So Tim has got some leverage. He used it. Um, I do know this. Um, they did lose at least one transfer in the portal, allegedly because of NIL opportunities elsewhere. Um LSU. I know they've got at least one kid on their team that does pretty well with NIL stuff. I, I don't know exactly what that looks like in terms of where his endorsements are and things like that. So I know that there are kids on that team that, that have taken advantage of it. Um, they're pretty private about that kind of thing. I say kids. I, I know of one. I'm, I'm sure there's got to be more. I don't know. It, it, is a, it is a weird time where, and you guys have heard this in football too, and I think Mike Leach said it best at media days, this combination of things they've got where you've got basically unlimited free agency and an unlimited salaries cap it has caused a lot of problems for football. Uh, and I think you're seeing some of those things creep into baseball. I think he's pretty happy there. He's still got a great situation. You know, D1 named them. It's still the best program in the country, all things considered. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think you could see that slip potentially because of all these things. But, yeah, I, I think there's finally a, a storm of circumstances. I'm not saying it's going to push him out, but I, I think if something were to drive him away from college coaching, it would be something like what we're seeing now. Is there anything he wants to do? I mean, does he have any professional aspirations? I mean, would he be interested in a – Arkansas or somewhere that has a lot more facility kind of things. Just pulling that out of the blue. What are you doing? I'm just talking. Just just talking. Yeah, just talking. It's almost like you've heard something. Yeah, I think he's had – the chances he's had, um, LSU has really courted him twice. Sure. LSU made a big press for him last summer. Um, I was actually down in Hoover. Uh, I, I know he was very unhappy about how the school handled the COVID stuff. And I was at the SEC tournament two years ago. I was walking through the, you know, the concourse between the first and second level there, and I ran into him, and I ran into his wife. Um, and, and you don't you don't see one without the other when he's not on the field. And I I, I just started making small talk with him. Before I could blink, 
there was a receiving line of LSU fans. <laughs> and I thought, oh boy, uh, this job is open. And this is this. I, I, I thought it was more of a threat than it was viewed. He used that one for leverage for more stuff. Um, the two that I think he was close to taking that did not materialize was Mississippi State about a dozen years ago. He and Cohen are close. Uh, they put a big press on him, and I think he really thought about that a lot. The other one was Oregon. Um, oh. They they came to him under the guise of, oh, well, you've, you've built a program. We want to see how, you know, if, if you were telling us how to build a program, how would you do it? This is when they started from scratch, and, you know, predictably that became a, oh, by the way, um, how would you like to be our coach thing? I think that really appealed to him. Um, my guess, if he's not taken any of those jobs, and if he has not taken, um, you know, the, the Clemson one, that's where he was an assistant. Um, I think Vanderbilt ended up winning that one because that had resources that Clemson couldn't match there from what I was told. I, I think if he's not taken one of those jobs, to me it is probably either he's getting out of coaching entirely rather than he's leaving for someone else. But um, I, I guess you never know. Has anybody over there ever apologized for the whole Sarah Fuller thing? Has anyone ever, and I'm totally serious when I say this, has anyone over there ever apologized for the entire PR gimmick that that was and sort of the list of victims that it sort of accumulated? No, I know this. I know that would not have happened under this staff. They never would have allowed it. To me, that was, I still don't know to this day, um, I have some ideas. I mean, for, for one thing, Derek Mason knew where his bread was buttered on that campus. They were they were very much into political. Vanderbilt's very much into political perception and stuff like that. To me, that was whether he ordered it or went along with it. That was a hail mary to save his job. I, I know that the, the new staff they'd never say it publicly because you can't. Um, that that was that was a blight on the program and an embarrassment. Um, no, they, they've never apologized. That that was still, goodness, you'd see that as a talking point on the SEC Network, what, a, a year ago or whenever, when they had the, the one-year anniversary of it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I thought the league did a did a disservice to, to that team, too, in, in helping promote that. Um, yeah, I thought for a league you know, that normally is exceptional at PR, that was a stunningly, was a stunningly bad episode, like, I'm still shocked that there were not people inside that building who their voices could be heard because there were people inside that building that were saying this is this is bad. This is not a this is not a smart move. Well, I don't know if you ever noticed somebody after the fact leaked the footage of her in practice. Some of it yeah. um, <laughs> where she hit the. <laughs> You know, we've had the the butt punt, the butt fumble. We had the the butt field goal kick too in, in practice, where she just nailed her snapper in the behind. Um, I, I think somebody who was sick of it eventually leaked that out of the building from the practice footage they had. I don't know who did that, but yeah, I, I was I was really surprised that the league went along with it to the degree that it did. And I thought honestly that after a while that would just shut up. The people would figure out that the whole thing was fraudulent. Um, but I, I think when you've got enough people that will propagate the, the story, it, it makes it harder to go away. And, and there's certainly 
uh, a little bit of that in our field. Last thing, uh, just Clark Lee, the guy I opened up with the joke about his looks or whatever, even though he's an incredibly handsome uh, fellow. But uh, what's he like? Because he seems like at the time I met him, I was really impressed with him. Uh, the people at Notre Dame, I think, kind of start to you hear some mutterings out of there that maybe they maybe if they had known a little bit they could have held on to him and he could be their guy but when you look at him long term obviously Vanderbilt's going to give him a long time does he does he have the personality the the mentality to hang with that for a while and build or do you think he starts looking for an off-ramp I think he's committed to it. Um, I, I like him personally. You and I have you know, shared some conversations. I, I think I've said this on your podcast. Um, I had open heart surgery just out of the blue this summer. Uh, did not know it was coming till a few weeks ahead. And um, you know, my, my phone rings the day before the surgery, and, and it's him just asking me, hey, how are you feeling about this? How are you doing? There's, there's not a lot of SEC head coaches that would take their time out of their day to do that kind of thing. Clark does a lot of that sort of thing. Um, he and Tim Corbin are close. Tim does the same type thing. Tim, Tim is very aware of perception and, and treatment of people and stuff like that. And I think at Vanderbilt, when your fan base is almost nothing, uh, that, that goes a long way. You know, the, the thing about him, uh, people got upset with him a year ago. I think they felt like when they lost to ETSU in the opener that he was not he was he was very stoic to the point it almost looked like a deer in the headlights thing. And you you fast forward to the opener this year, you know, they beat Hawaii sixty-three to, to ten, and it was sort of the same kind of reaction afterwards where you, you couldn't really tell that they had just beaten the team down, just as you couldn't, you know, maybe see an, an emotional reaction to getting beat by an, FB, an FCS team. And as bad as it's been, it's Vanderbilt. They don't lose that type of game. So I think having that even-keeled personality probably helps him. Um, again, he has taken a lot from Tim Corbin's book. It's, you know, and you can take stuff from that book. Um, and it's hard to make it translate when you get across – you know, from from three five star defensive linemen on the other side of the ball, but I, I think if, if you're going to make it work, it, it takes a guy with that kind of mentality. Um, you know, he is an alum of Vanderbilt. He, he walked on and played here. His dad's a graduate. Um, you know, family lives really near campus. That kind of thing. Went to high school a couple minutes from campus. Um, I think that's probably part of the reason he got the job is that if it does work for him they're a whole lot more likely to keep him than they were James Franklin. Ole Miss or Vandy covering this game, Chris, last thing. I like Ole Miss. Um, You know, when they played last year, Vanderbilt did play that game much closer than I thought. I know Vanderbilt has played Ole Miss tough. I just think Vanderbilt's got big defensive issues. Um, Teams that passed on them at will – I think that their defensive line is nowhere near SEC standards. They've not faced a team that can run the ball um, quite the way Ole Miss can. I, I just think Ole Miss probably takes control pretty early. Um, and, and Ole Miss is, is better than it's been in a while defensively, which is going to make it a little tough for them to put up points. I just think, to me, um, Vanderbilt will have a hard time getting under that number, but we'll see. Hmm. Chris, as always, my man, thanks for the time. I look forward to seeing you uh, Friday or Saturday morning. Likewise. Okay, buddy.
That's Chris Lee, bandysports.com. Always uh, great to visit with. It's a shame he doesn't have a better team to cover. You would love for him. Yeah, as we said the other day, we were talking about that. If you had him, there are several sites where you went, hey, can we just – can we do some trades? Can we yeah, just? I can name about five. Can we just switch them over? That would be uh, that would be outstanding if that would be uh, if that would be doable. So, uh, podcast brought to you in part by Johnston Hill Creamery. Johnston Hill Creamery making all their cheeses locally and in house. And right now, in the middle of football season, they are managing your tailgate. 662-419-9201. The number for that cheese at johnstonhillcreamery.com. Shoot them an email. And uh, they all have online ordering as well. You can make it easy. You don't have to talk to anybody. Go to johnstonhillcreamery.com. Order your tailgate package, your charcuterie plate, lots of different side items and things as well. They will take care of you. And then for the Auburn game next week, they're opening early, 8 o'clock for that, to get what you need. And they will deliver straight to the Grove. Tell them where your tent's at. They will take it to you, make it easy on you there with Johnston Hill Creamery. So, again, that's 662-419-9201. Brought to you by uh, MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're looking to diversify, looking to leave the corporate rat race, gain control of your income and schedule, get in touch with my friend Andy Ludecki at uh, MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you hate your job, your boss, your pay, you feel stuck, he can help you. Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Solutions RX is a probiotic multivitamin supplement company created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. I've been taking just some of their supplement products. Really makes a difference, especially this time of year where you're super busy, bugs going around, it's easy to get sick, you don't have time to get sick, you're not getting enough sleep, all of those things. It's helped me. It will help you too. Go to solutionsrx.com, type in the promo code OEP at checkout, and you get 10% off your first order. Hawkeye Portable Building, 7991 Highway 7 South in Hawkeye, Mississippi. The custom build your building to your specifications, however you want your carport, your ATV or storage shed, barn, hunting cabin, or other buildings. Hawkeye can accommodate you. 662-226-2233 or hawkhambuildings.com. Still got time to set up your tailgating for these uh, final three home games of the season, starting with Auburn next weekend at 7southtailgating.com. Once you tailgate with 7south, you'll never tailgate without them again, 7southtailgating.com. Game Changer patches are the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch used before or while you drink. Overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game. Ready for the next play, GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. ACS is owned by Clay McNutt, Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider, a Rockwell automation recognized system integrator. They've got a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. To learn more, go to LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. We're brought to you by Pinnacle. If you are uh, looking at your uh, 401k for your company, uh, get in touch with Pinnacle. They probably can help you. They'll put together a complimentary, no-obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. And uh, just go to MyPinWealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N Wealth.com. Brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Give you an example of how John works. We're putting together the uh, road to Boise for whoever is the loser, and I'm only down by one game. You got them all back? Don't scoff like that. I'm still coming. It's an October thing. We're not even in the second half of the season. Yeah, everybody's writing me off. I'm just 
I got a plan. You're tunnel visioned. I'm sticking to the plan. I'm only one game back. Had a big week thanks to Brett Bielema and the Fighting Illini. That Big Ten starting to take action now. And, and it's by units, right? Yeah, it's by units. Maryland did me a favor last week against Michigan. Because really you need a lead and then hoping like he takes gambles on money lines and just misses and yeah. misses and misses and misses. and misses. I'm not going to lie. When he had that Arkansas money line and it was 28 Because it would have been night-night almost And it was right third there. and 15, and I was like, oh, I'm telling you, it's not looking good. I was getting the white flag gif ready to go. But anyway, I got in touch with John. I said, hey, we're putting together a trip. Might do it a couple of different ways. Can you – Put together some packages so we can try to go sell that package. 36 hours later, detailed plans. I didn't want to have to fool with all that. John did it. You can do it too. Just give him some parameters. Give him a budget. And uh, he'll give you options. You don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or send him an email. Edwards at regencytravel.net. And, yes, Chris is um, – he's – He's in his late forties, I think. Maybe he's about my age, and uh, he had the surgery. They found like it was like a birth defect. Oh, really? Yeah, and um, he's he feels great. He's been uh, exercising a lot, doing a lot of walking and things, and he's lost some weight. Feels really good. Yeah, he's. I mean, you would love to love to transplant him into some SEC West schools. Yeah. He could cover him from Nashville. I wouldn't care. I'm, He'd do it three of them. Literally about three of them. I could go trying four, be, but I'm okay. Trying be, I'm trying to be careful here before, yeah. You can find a four. Three for sure. Oh, four for sure. No, it's four for sure. Four for sure. Yeah. No, stop. It's it's I don't know which one of those you were forgetting, but it was four. I was Okay. We don't – there's not a lot of communication back and forth there. No. Probably with anybody, frankly. <laughs> I mean – We no. I, I, I know, I'm baiting. Uh, we both <laughs> We both have picks in. You are still pulling for Texas on Saturday against Oklahoma? Pulling for? Yeah, when you turn it on, who do you want to win? I don't know. Is it going to be a guttural reaction when you're when you're it's watching? It's not going to be a game I watch, so I'm not. I don't know. I think I'm for Texas. I'm going to watch LSU Tennessee, and then leave for the stadium. So Chris is picking me up. So what are you? I don't know why I don't Tennessee like, LSU. Who am I for? Well, what's the better story? Just Tennessee winning? Uh, Tennessee winning and, and being able to potentially knock off Bama next week. A better story. LSU winning sets up that October 22nd thing and makes it big. I don't, who's LSU got after this? Who do they play on the 15th? LSU football. Uh, Florida. No. Yeah, the 15th, yeah, yeah I mean, Florida. Tennessee beats LSU in Florida. They're going to be moving up those poles pretty quick. For that 230 game. It sets up that 230 behemoth. 
And we were looking at it yesterday. It was me and Nick Suss and Michael Katz were talking while we do that thing that sports writers do that nobody ever sees, which is wait and wait and wait. Um, I don't see how Ole Miss LSU is not a 2.30 game on the 22nd. The only other game is Mississippi State-Alabama. Which? And it's possible. For that to happen, State's got to beat Arkansas and then State plays Kentucky next week. Yes. Yes, that's correct. State almost – you wonder if Monday, assuming State beats Arkansas, and I think they will, you wonder if CBS goes, you know what, we're going to take one of our options. But the problem with Mississippi State, I mean with with, with ESPN taking Mississippi State – not ESPN, CBS, sorry, get to it, Neil. Alabama-Mississippi State is that CBS would have just taken uh, Alabama-Arkansas, Texas A&M-Alabama – they're going to take Tennessee, Alabama. And there is a rule on how many times they can take one team. I forget. It's like six or five or something. And you and I were talking about this before the show. We're going to get on this TV thing, I think, by accident. We don't mean to. It's just going to happen. CBS shows Alabama all the time for one reason. I know some TV people. I know some SEC people. It is not because the league office is in Birmingham. It's not any of that inane stupidity. It is because Alabama gets eyeballs. Alabama has become the Dallas Cowboys of college football. Everyone is either for them or against them, but they watch them. And so they get massive numbers. And so CBS goes with the sure thing. Do you think that once the new TV contract kicks in, the 6 o'clock game becomes the number one slot? Because it's 2.30 right now because that is CBS's slot yeah. and they get the first pick. Yeah. Do you think everything starts shifting and those premier games become the 6 or 6.30 kick starting in 2024 or whenever it is? I don't know. It's a great question. Because ESPN gets to just put their, pro- their, their program together at if that If I point. could talk to some ESPN people privately, honestly, that is the question I would – one of the questions I would ask is – it's done this way now because that's the way it's been done. When you get a chance to hit the reset button, and you got to remember now. One, it's done this way because that's, again, that's CBS's only time slot, and but, they get to choose. But dating it. back to my childhood, ABC put the game of the week at 2.30. Yeah, sure. But so, now a lot of stadiums didn't have light. But anyway, points. Right, right, right. But my point is, is that a lot of people are adverse to change. If you change it and put the big games every week at 6 o'clock, Will people stick around all day and watch them? People go out on Saturday night. People go to the movies on Saturday night. People go out to eat on Saturday night. I mean, people with lives. They go out. Do you run that risk that, hey, they'll hang around all day, including 6 o'clock at night, and watch the football game? I don't know the answer to that. They're not concerned about people going to stadiums. That's not their audience. No, no, no. You're in the stadium. You're absolutely not that. They're worried about. The, they're trying to get the people who aren't at the game. Sure. They're not worried about the sixty-four thousand people who are going to the game. They already know you're not watching. They want the people who aren't at the game. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how that works. I can tell you, and you know this. There is an absolute ton of momentum for the networks for these eleven o'clock games. More and more. Look at the slate this week. Okay, I got it up. Because we taped uh, Butcher versus Spin yesterday, so I was using my little uh, 
cheat sheet. Handy dandy notebook. All right, here we go. Tennessee LSU is an 11 a.m. game. Texas Oklahoma is an 11 a.m. game. TCU Kansas is an 11 a.m. game. So both, that's that's three networks that went. Let's get a big game out of the gate. Let's get let's get momentum going. Let's launch. Not to even mention the SEC Network 11 a.m. game. ESPNU's got an 11 a.m. game. They're all trying to get some eyeballs. And next eyeballs. week, Arkansas BYU went went West Coast 11 a.m. Essentially, basically, BYU wanted it as early as possible. So they're playing that game at 12:30, I think, Mountain Time. Is that what it is? 12:30 or 1:30? Yeah, it's 1:30 our time. Okay, I think that's right because the time looked weird. I don't there was a post on the board that I thought made a lot of sense because it got caught up again this morning. Is that Ole Miss is stuck in a no man's land because they're not getting they're not they're they're too big of a profile to get the six thirty SEC network game. Yeah, they want them on the main network. Yes, they want them on ESPN. They're winning a lot of games. If they beat Vanderbilt on Saturday, seventeen and three in their last twenty, but the brand is. Kiffin. Yes, the brand is Kiffin. Uh, point being, they're in a weird spot because they're there, but they don't have the brand notoriety to get the primetime game. I do think that is true. I think that there is a deal where there are certain teams that play better or show better at night, show better yeah. at night from an ESPN standpoint or rank, rating standpoint or however they do their thing. Yep. Um, And because of that, and it's the frustrating part with fans where I will defend you guys as you go, well, if you win, it changes. Well, they're winning and it's not changing. So it's it's but they've only been winning for a year and a half. They have. But throw I mean, twenty throw twenty twenty out. They've been winning in twenty twenty one and the early part of twenty twenty two. Sure. That's it. Yeah. And that's not a criticism, but that's a reality. And so when you're the networks and you're looking at how do you structure this, why do they keep putting LSU at nighttime a lot? Is because the numbers say that Because the, the other side of it is teams that have more brand equity, frankly, they can lose and still not lose it, which is probably the frustrating thing too. Like yeah. Auburn is under five hundred yes. over the last two years. Yes, if, and yet if still, Auburn if Auburn loses at Georgia on Saturday, nine and eleven. They would be nine and eleven yeah. in their last twenty games, but Auburn is still a big brand. Florida. Florida's been very mediocre for the past two seasons. Yeah. And yet it's a big brand. It's Gators and the Swamp and all that. LSU's been mediocre since the Burrow Jamar Chase championship year. Very mediocre, but it's still a massive brand. How does Ole Miss become a massive brand? You have to win over time, more than a year and a half. I guess your question, and I don't know the answer to this, and we won't know this for a while unless Kiffin keeps winning and we will get an answer in two or three years. Yes. Is that in some ways is ESPN, frankly, like Georgia has become a little bit. Per those stats, and that was a Georgia fan doing it because he was pissed off about the same thing. Uh-huh. Georgia has the fewest night games on ESPN since 2005 or 15 or whatever the hell it was okay. of anybody in the conference. Um, Ole Miss was very far down there, too. Right. But Georgia was substantially below Ole Miss for whatever reason. Right. Like State had had 11 more than Ole Miss over the course of the time period. In some ways, though, and this is where the fans probably need to grit your teeth a little when you're listening and not shoot me, is are the networks creating a self-fulfilling prophecy? Ole Miss shows really good at 11, so the next decade it becomes, oh, well, look, they're great at 11, so they're going to play a lot of 11 o'clock games. I'm not saying that's true. No, I'm just well, saying I, I, what yeah, if. But, but yes, right? I mean, you 
couple of rudimentary examples. Sure. In picks, for example. Yeah. You, you, you take a team and lay the points and they win. You take mm-hmm. a team the next week, they lay the point, you lay the points and they win. Before you know it, you're like, hey, I'm just going to lay the points on them. Yeah. You go into a restaurant. You order an a, a entree. It's fantastic. You go back the next time. You order it again. It's fantastic. You go back the third time. Same thing. Fourth time, someone goes, hey, you should really try. And you're like, no, no, no. I'm having the steam muscles. They're amazing. That's what I eat here. The network people, Ole Miss keeps having these 11 o'clock games and the TV ratings are kaboom and they're like, hey, that works. Just pointing out, that works. I get it. It's people making the decisions. It's not computers. But if you win over time. I guess the point is, though, you're kind of screwed. Like, I guess. Or you can embrace it. Th- those are your and two I guess cho- this is a good podcast. I'm not choices. even necessarily playing devil's advocate. I am almost the standpoint of, and look, a lot of SEC, there's other SEC schools in the same boat. Is higher population areas do eleven o'clock easier than than more rural areas? Sure. So it's much harder for Ole Miss to fill at eleven versus South Carolina sure. or whom LSU. Sure. Frankly, those type of matters. Sure. So there are inherent disadvantages to that time slot yeah. from a school standpoint. And I'll admit it. Look, I'm a sports writer. Yeah. I'm biased. Okay. I yeah, mean, sure. everybody's self serving. If you ask sports writers, what time do you want a game to be played? Our honest answer, and I think even you'll admit this right well, now. Yeah, you you're you're trying to sell yeah, a book yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. But your honest answer is as early as possible. Well, it's like, no, because look, that's when I was, I mean, yeah, you want 11 o'clock, especially with the post-game show. I mean, I mean you're, I, I, you're whatever. I take 9 a.m. Yeah. I mean, you know, we just want early. I get why fans are frustrated. I also understand enough to know that it's not a conspiracy. Because no, it's I, not a conspiracy. It's not even about conspiracy. I think the more thing that if you're if you're really worried about this and bothered by this, the thing to brace is what I said. I think that you're almost creating a standard in a way. In a lot of ways. That is, ooh, that's well, not it's good. Hap- it's happened to Georgia. Yeah. The early game has moved the needle. The networks has found that if they put Georgia on coming out of the pregame shows, that people stay. And if you're the SEC and its TV partners – and Fox is going to go this aggressively with the Big Ten out of their show, mm-hmm. well, you have to match it. And that is something that has only been embraced really starting kind of this year. We also would not be having the level of angst that we're having had the throwaway piece of crap standard definition broadcast for the SEC for decades been an eleven twenty one start. Yes. There's oh, a, hell, we're on JP. There's a perception that this is the Lincoln JP financial, game. whatever we called it back in the day. And, and meanwhile, at ESPN, they market the and, – and, and it's very important to note that ESPN is based in the Eastern time zone. What we're noon. referring to as 11 a.m. Is noon. In their meetings is noon. Okay, that it's really important. And I know you're like, what the hell are you t- – semantics. Nope. In their world, this is the noon game. These decisions are made in Bristol, Connecticut, and Charlotte, North Carolina. And those are both Eastern time zones. So this is the noon game going up against big noon Saturday. And they are absolutely trying to put a game there that competes with that. Well, because frankly, Fox, when they do that, it shows you how much the TV execs or the people making decisions believe in the noon thing. Because every time I hear Big Noon Saturday, frankly, I think it's stupid because the majority of your actual college football fans are in the central time zone. Of course. The Midwest and the South. Of course. It's like... But that decision's made in New York. Yeah, sure. Which is in the eastern time zone. 
Yeah. And so to them, when they marketed it, frankly, they called it Big Noon Saturday because where they live, it's noon. <laughs> and they don't, those people don't go to West Lafayette, Indiana. Not ever. Yeah, no. Never, ever. They live in, in they no, live they're, in, they're in the sports equivalent of, of the political reporter in New York that has no idea what middle, middle America looks yes. like. Yes. Yes, it's the it, it is the it is the political reporter who never leaves New York except to get on the train to go to D.C. Yeah, and back. And if you dropped them in Greenville, Mississippi, and said, "Where are you?" They would go, "I, I, I Ecuador. I don't know." Yeah, that's the reality of this. So the people that are making these decisions, truthfully, they don't care if you're inconvenienced. You're, they just don't care if your tailgate is inconvenienced. And ESPN looks at it and goes. Well, every time we put game day in the Grove, people are falling out of the trees. What do you mean they're not going in the morning? That's 8 in the morning. <laughs> Everywhere we look, there's people. Yeah. And again, what we're pointing out is the disconnect here of like it's, it, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, and so I mean, what can the, the answer is what can you do about it? Well, here's the I mean, I'm not trying to be mean when I say this, but if you take the check and Ole Miss will happily, gladly take the ESPN Disney check. You play when they tell you to play. You can argue about it. You can fight about it. But I think this week is the biggest proof. that They, they told LSU to stick it. We're, no, we're playing that game. We want Tennessee LSU right out of our show. That's where we want to go. Because they don't want the country flipping over to a very popular national game. Texas OU. That's two names. I mean, even ESPN's competing against itself. They're going to build up Cinderella, which mm -hmm. starts at 11 a.m. Mm -hmm. Kansas is absolutely just putting the slipper on. Yeah. I mean, dressed up, has her hair completely fixed. This is the dress she's been looking forward to. All this Saturday. She has been looking forward to wearing this this dress and going out with this prince for as long as she can remember. And the glass slipper is on her foot. That's the story, Saturday morning. Yeah, sure. And ESPN's going, so how do we get people to come over, back, stay with us, and not flip over to there? To FS1. Because that's oh, who's got true. that game. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Okay. How do you get it's people? On FS1. It's on FS1. How do we get people to go? Because even the Big 12 went, yeah, we're not doing Fox for that. You watch Saturday morning. I mean, I won't watch the the pregame show much or whatever it's called, game day, because it's sad, frankly. But I bet they put a little bit extra hype on sure. uh, Tennessee LSU. Yeah. So it's about ratings. And the truth is, last week, they hyped up Kentucky Ole Miss, and it delivered. And it showed in the ratings. Yeah. All right. Back with you tomorrow. We've got uh, Jeffrey joining us in the morning. Ben Mintz tomorrow night for Handraise Guys. We'll take your calls and more. We've got some other podcasts coming up on the MPW Digital Network of podcasts also. So I uh, hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for all the activity in the stream. Appreciate you guys. And we'll talk to you again very soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.